Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, guys? Welcome back to episode 116 of Psychotic and Iconic. Paul's here along with my co-hosts Nick Theories and Mikey P. Thank you to everybody that's tuned into the live stream tonight. If you haven't done so already, please go ahead and share it. Thank you to everybody that likes, follows, and subscribes to all of our platforms. Mikey P, I'm not no even saying I'm not even saying let's ride because that's bad juju. Nah, please don't. <laughs> please don't. Um, let's start off with some positive energy, okay? P and I. Hi, episode 116, Power by Playmaker, is brought to you by Prifix. Daily Fantasy made easy. Also, we are live right now at the Props Network at PropsHU.com. Be sure to go over there and subscribe to our show for all of the best football coverage around, okay? Last but not least, what do we normally wear here on this show? Well, this is fantastic fabric. Yeah, that qualifies. So is this, that too. Qualifies. Don't sleep on us. Don't sleep on us, yeah. bro. We there ain't these bum-ass Lakers. We're different. <laughs> yeah, for real. We're different yeah. over here, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, merchandise, courtesy of IPP Pressworks. Get your fantastic fabric today, all right? If you want P&I merch, DM us for pricing and details. We have it all, Okay. Last detail. We got a show Thursday, 8 p.m. Week eight. Week eight. Crazy. Game man. picks. I can't even believe this. All right. That being said, we're going to get right into the show. I first have to ask you guys the all important question. And no, it is not a football question. Mike, show, show everybody one more time what shirt you're wearing. The Philadelphia Phillies. Are in the World Series. Yeah, honestly, it's it's one of the craziest things I can remember in a long time. I mean, like they they weren't even hot getting into the playoffs. They got hot in the playoffs, and everything started when they came back game one against the Cardinals in the uh, the ninth inning to win that game and steal it in uh, St. Louis. So that's it's pretty cool how baseball works. It's just one one little swing of the bat or a pitch or anything, just anything to get momentum is, is just amazing to watch. So it's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's absolutely unbelievable. The Phillies made it to this point. Um, I've been saying this to you guys, the recipe for them, they're, they're basically the 2019 Nats. That's what they are. They got elite front end pitching. They have a good lineup and they have an above average bullpen and they got hot at the right time. That's literally it. 
That's it. But it and it with works. that being said, and Mike, with that being said, it's the Phillies in six. There you go. I was just going to ask you that next. I got there the Phillies in seven. Yo, I'm not going to lie. Yo, like Houston's a they're they're a good team, but what's what, what's going to really work for the Phillies is that they're they're an underdog. They're the biggest. They're an underdog in this series. No matter how you slice the pie, everybody. That's what we're built. That's what we're built on. It it, it, it works to Phillies' advantage. So like, I got Phillies in seven, and uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna take it in Houston. Whoa! Wow, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Seven games would be incredibly stressful. So I'm going to say this team is a team of destiny. They're winning in six games because the Astros are really good. Like, let's let's be real here. I, I was cautioning my friends and everything. Please don't go and over-celebrate the NLCS. Like, the Astros could literally – I mean, they could beat the shit out of us. I hope not. Vice versa, though. But that's Vice just, versa. You know, exactly. But I'm just saying, like, hey – don't celebrate yet. Let's celebrate when we win. Okay. Phillies and six. Now well no, you gotta you gotta celebrate it because you never know when this happens. And it's like just everything that happened for the Phillies season, for them to be in the World Series is is the reason why you celebrate. Because you never know what can happen in sports. And that's the beauty about it. I just I just don't want a repeat of two thousand nine where we all thought it was over once we got there, you know. Well, we want a ring before then, though. That's also true. That matters. It's hard. It, it, it's hard to repeat as champions, and you know, and in any sport. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, hey, be excited. But we didn't win anything yet. Let's let's get the real ring. Let's do it. All right. You sound you sound very um, cautious. Because the Astros are really good. I know. I know. I'm just being fair. They're not they, haven't lo- they haven't lost a game yet, but they're going to lose game one. They're going to lose game one. I was just going to tell you that. Aranola revenge after the last outing. All right? But let's get right into up. football because we got a lot tonight, guys. All right? A lot to cover here. So, unfortunately, we got to go with Tom Brady first. Unfortunately, Nick. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Right. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Both teams. Upset by clearly inferior teams, the Panthers and the Commanders. It was embarrassing. There's no other way to slice it. So we're going to have to break this down a little bit. Um, And unfortunately, you know, we have no choice. You know, it's just crazy. I can't believe what's going on. Um, So let's let's ask the hard-hitting questions right now, right away. Perfect. All right. Which QB and team is more likely to turn around out of the two of those teams? Uh, for me, it's the Packers. I mean, I'm sorry. Whoa. For me, it's the Buccaneers. No, because here's the thing. With the Buccaneers, you still have Tom Brady. Now, while he hasn't played up to his standards, I still trust him to turn it around. They have a lot of problems, and I think a lot of it's starting with nobody talks about Todd Bowles. And the loss of Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is a good offensive mind. And it just got swept under the rug and nobody saw it. And it's just weird because that was never, ever mentioned to me. It was never mentioned at all in the media, nothing. It was like losing Bruce Arians to go to Ty Bowles was nothing. And I just don't believe that to be true. But I believe that Tom Brady and the Bucs could turn it around more than I believe that the Packers 
and Matt LaFleur can. And Aaron Rodgers, excuse me. And the Packers have a hard schedule. I mean, that is absolutely fair to say. I, like, honestly, um, well, let's just put it this way. Byron Leftwich is not getting talked about at all right now either. And right. he's the guy running the offense. Right now, the defense seems to be in a better position than the offense, but they've been inconsistent too. So I, I do want to throw that out there. Um, I, I mean, the whole team itself is not executing. The whole team. It's not just Tom Brady. The entire team is not executing, and it's down to little fine details. They're just not executing, um, which is abnormal. This team usually, you know, they're all about executing the fundamentals and operating as one. They are sloppy right now. They don't look like themselves. Um, but that being said, I think that the Bucks are more likely to turn around simply because they have more weaponry and their division is absolutely wide open. Wide open. So the Packers right now falling behind to where they had had fallen behind. Even though I'm not buying into the Viking the Vikings completely, they do have a number of games on them now, and they beat them once. So the Packers are they have to win a wild card, is what it's looking like right now. So the Bucks at least like hey you got you're you're right there in the division still. The sky's not falling, you know. Yeah. Theories. It's the Bucks. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I just think, uh, again, the weirdest thing about this team is that, like, usually when Tom Brady teams kind of make them, you know, when they make mistakes, they don't make them the same week in and week out. And it seems like the Bucks do the same shit every single goddamn week. They, they, uh, they just can't run the football. I mean, you know, they were down seven zero with three with uh, seven minutes to, uh, seven minutes ago in the third quarter. And it was a third and one on Carolina's 25, and they got stuffed. They went for it on fourth and one and got stuffed, and it was a turnover on downs. Those things can't happen. You got to be able to, to get a yard in two plays. You got Leonard Fournette. You paid him $20 million. He's got to get that yard for you. And it's just crazy how it's like, you know, sports work because, like, if Tom Brady, if Mike Evans catches that ball, this game is a blowout in the Bucks' favor, and we're not even having this conversation. That's how I feel about this game. I feel like because like when you give a like a a team who's not supposed to win any type of like little bit of hope or anything, they're going to be hungry to get that win. Anytime you can beat Tom Brady and you know he's not playing his best, you're going to try every single thing in your power to get a win. Like you're just you're just extra hungry. It's just extra motivation for you just to get it done. Um so I, I definitely feel like that also kind of played a factor. Low key, this is why they call me theories, baby. I got to bring up this shit that nobody talks about. This is fucking P and I, dog. You know what I mean? But also, what I'm saying is, um, yeah, like Tom Brady's not playing his best, um, but like the team in general is just not clicking. They they don't have that guy who can go for sixty yards besides him, like Evans. But like he's very limited to what he could do too. He's not that kind of like he's not the kind of receiver now. Um, I feel like they're just missing that burner, the guy that could just take a slant route and go to the house. Uh, Chris Godwin looks like he's kind of lethargic at times, not really too much burst. Uh, this, and, and that's the same way I feel about uh, Fournette. So I like to see the Bucks kind of switch it up here and uh, go get the uh, the uh, the kid Rashad White some more touches because I think he's I think he's pretty good. I think he can make some plays. 
And One you know thing what, I Nick? want to mention, though, because we did talk about this. This is why everybody like doesn't put Mike Evans in that conversation. And it's the weirdest thing in the world, but he's just unimpactful. It, it's 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 a weird dynamic. It's just it's, it's it is what it is. It's a weird thing. Whoa, 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 whoa! We gotta stop the disrespect over there, bro. <laughs> no, we don't. What you mean? What you mean? He's not impactful, bro. What is that? Has he been impactful mean? this year? You're talking about nobody talks about Mike Evans as that guy, right? Yeah. And then you're saying he's not impactful. You're telling me he was never impactful in this. No, 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 I never said never. You said that. All I said was right now he is not impactful, and he's not doing anything to help them. All right. Look, he dropped a ball. That that should never happen, especially on Mike Mike Evans' caliber. I agree with you, but. He's still he's still that guy, bro. Like, like I, I don't know what you're watching, but he he's still that guy, bro. I'm watching a team that you're telling me needs a wide receiver. That's what I'm watching. So either well, no, 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 like, no. What I'm saying, no, what I'm saying is they're missing that guy that can get a slant route and go 60 yards. They don't have that burner on the outside. Mike Evans, you if you throw it to him, his catch radius is massive. So he's always in it to get those. 50-50 balls become 65-35 in his advantage. So, like, I mean, yeah, like that's the difference between Mike Evans and a, and, and a bum receiver. I'm not saying that he's a bum. I'm just simply saying, like, outside of the Chiefs game, they scored, like, six points a game. So, yeah, yeah he's not impactful. I disagree, but whatever. So, Nick, are you suggesting that the Bucs should go out there and trade for a wide receiver this week? Because the deadline is this week, and we are going to get there, by the way. We're going to single out some specific players that are getting mentioned on the block. But I do want to ask you that question. Do you think the Bucs are going to be active in the wide receiver market? I'm going to say no because I feel like they're pigeonholed to Julio Jones for whatever reason. The dude's always inactive. I don't understand it. He's the one. He's been the worst free agent signing the last couple of years. He has no impact on the game. He played the first week, and then all of a sudden he's on the injury report. He didn't even get hurt during the game. He's just the next the next week. He's just like inactive. I don't understand it. He's very brittle. So I I, I don't know. I, I I'm going to lean towards no. I think they have other areas of need outside of the wide receiver, um, a la their offensive line because their offensive line is absolutely garbage. So they're going to need to find somebody on the open market. Um, and I would say uh, cornerbacks, too. Uh, anybody who's available because Murphy Bunting's been out um, and uh, Carlton Davis. So, you know, teams are looking to throw the football. So obviously they're going to they're going to need some cornerbacks. Um, but I'm going to say no. But I'll tell you, a good fit would be Brandon Cooks, him linking back with uh, Tom Brady. Um I think that would be a home run for the Bucks. I think it would it would open up a lot of things on their offense, but the price tag might be too steep. I actually like that fit too. But I see a comment right here I'm going to single out from Scar saying, it feels like Tom Brady wants to blame everyone but himself because he can't handle the feat. Now, it's Well, I disagree dynamic. with that. I mean, he handled uh, losing the Super Bowl after going undefeated just fine. It's an interesting dynamic, That's handling defeat. I mean, to to an extent, you can see why he's saying that because it's interesting that Tom Brady is showing a little bit of like, I don't know, he he's missing throws that he don't normally miss. Now, granted, he makes some that 
for instance, Mike Evans catches that ball, I agree with you. That probably does change the whole game. I don't know if it changes the outcome, but it changes oh, yeah. it some way. For they would sure. have busted them wide open. But um, there were some throws in this game and other games where you're seeing Tom Brady pull the Donovan McNabb worm burner. He's throwing it short into the ground, and I've never seen that from him. So it's it's kind of hard for me to gauge how much of it is is him and how much of it is the the surroundings too. Well, I just I'm just gonna call it what it is and say he's not playing well and the whole team is not playing well. I think that's just fair to say he he's not playing at his level that he was playing even at last year. And I, I do wonder if cutting the corners in the offseason contributed a little bit to his slow start. I do wonder because he's been away from the team. Uh, go ahead, Mike. I know you're trying to say something. Go ahead. No, my bad, my bad. You, I, I'm the, My thing is with Tom Brady is it's a myth that the offensive line is playing piss poor. The offensive line numbers statistically are right on par with what they were last year. So that is just – it's again, it's – the problem is if – if the play doesn't develop within three or four seconds, Tom Brady's bailing because he doesn't want to get hit. And I agree with him. He's an old man. He can't get hit six, seven, eight times a game. His body can't do that anymore. So if the play isn't there within three seconds, it's hard. The play's getting blown up. Well, uh, I wouldn't say it's a myth. I'm talking in reference to them not being able to run the football. Well, that's their, different. Their left guard, the left guard gets blown off the ball every single snap. So, and the Bucks are just so stupid enough to keep running to that side, and obviously, it's 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 not going anywhere. When you're getting three yards a carry, you're not setting yourself up for success. Teams that get five yards a carry, six yards a carry, they're the teams that usually win. It's hard to lose when you're getting six yards every single run. Because you're setting up the short field on second and four, second and threes, you're giving your you're, you're giving your offense a better chance to convert. It's all about percentages, right? If you keep getting third and eight, third and tens, and you're struggling as it is, it, you're never going to get out of that hole. So the problem is the way they can get out of this is if they find a running game. If they can run the football just somewhat effective, I think this team will be fine. But the problem is they haven't shown they're able to run the ball. And it's a week-to-week, same fucking issue with this team. It's, it's, it, it is. I understand Brady's not playing Tom Brady level, but I don't think he's that playing that poorly to the point they got, they're, they're scoring three points. Like, yeah. there's something going on. There's just no I way. There. I totally agree with you. Like that, and that's what I mean. But I do get mad sometimes that he doesn't get all the blame. But in this, I can't blame it all on him because it's not. It's not. No, it's everybody, and it's actually it's very similar to the Packers where I was saying it last show where even just 10 out of the 11 guys are doing their job on one play. That's That one guy, if, they're, if that one guy isn't doing it, the play can get blown up. It's just a matter of like, hey, you know, does it come down to that one guy? It, it does often in the NFL. All 11 guys need to do their job. Um and it remains to be seen if, if he can turn it around. At this point, we we thought, all right, it's a get-right game in Carolina. It's a get-right game versus Pittsburgh. And he's he's not showing up either. So it's a, it's a weird dynamic here. But this does also speak to the fact that they're just they're just too pass-happy. I've been saying it all season long is that they can't take any of the pressure off of Tom Brady because they refuse to run the ball and they can't run the ball like we were just saying. They can't run it. 
They don't want to run it. So what's changing? And then, you know, if that's the case, yeah, you're, you're going to be throwing the football 50 times a game. You're going to be asking your offensive line to be backpedaling the entire game. They, they, they need to get out and, and hit guys. They, they do. It's a momentum builder. And they can't even do that because they are literally shuffling backwards the entire game. It's exhausting. Um, and that's how you get beat, too, right there. That's how you expose your offensive line. You're asking them to do that the entire game. And then your defenses get scored on. So, you know, like, you know, and short drives for the offense is putting pressure on the defense, too, not being able to rest. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing not just from the the Bucks, but the Packers, too, just abnormal inefficiency on key downs, third downs. They're not as successful as they normally are, and they're putting pressure on their own defenses. And both of these defenses are supposed to be elite, the Packers especially, and they're not where they need to be either. They're not where they need to be. And the Packers right now, like at least the difference between the Bucs and the Packers, they have a couple of guys that can separate. The Packers are actually – we're seeing it now. Mike's been saying it. The the Packers – I don't I don't see any faith in the play calling to, to scheme these guys open either. But they have to do something different there. So I expect, at least out of the two teams, I expect the Packers are going to be super aggressive getting a wide receiver just to add in the dynamic of, hey, we have to account for this guy and we don't have to necessarily worry about scheming guys open so much. This guy might get open. And it didn't work out so far with Sammy Watkins. He's hurt. So, like, they were hoping he could be a field stretcher, mm-hmm. and it, it just didn't work out. Didn't work out. So, they're going to be aggressive this week. I guarantee you that. But Julio, a- Jones, Julio Jones and Sammy Watkins should not have jobs next year. They're just stealing money at this point. I'm yeah. serious. Sign them, can you sign them for four games? Well, Julio only lasted <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got a question, though, for you guys, and this is the – This is the all-important question. I know it's going into week eight, but will either of these teams miss the playoffs this year? Because it's becoming a possibility at this point. It's crazy we even have to say it, but it is possible given the way they're playing, and we are almost at the midpoint of the season. So we have to acknowledge it. We have to ask the question. Um, I don't think the Bucs will. I think that's a – that division's wide open. I still th- I still do believe they're the best team in the division. They have the best quarterback. The Packers is tough because here's the thing. And, and to me, they have no chance at winning the division anymore. Their schedule just – they fell behind too early. And the schedule just – it's the schedule is so hard to make up that ground. So they're fighting for a wild card. But now, like, is Seattle good? It, are the 49ers there in a minute? <laughs> yeah, are the 49ers gonna be okay? I think I, I are the Rams gonna turn it around? The Eagles, the Giants are good. Nobody expected that. Are the Cowboys good? So there's a lot of factors right now that are working against them to say that they're that they're gonna be a wild card, which is I mean, I didn't even pre- I didn't even predict that. I had them as a seventh seed, but no, I didn't either. I don't think anybody did. And that goes with both of these teams, really. I don't think anybody saw this coming. That's why we're having this, yeah. you know, sort of sound the alarm kind of conversation here. Sound the fucking, you know. Theories, what do you think? Uh, I, I would say the Packers, uh, just for all the points that you guys mentioned. Um, and you don't have to say either of them. You, you could say neither. 
That is an option. I think I think, I think the Bucks could be in danger though. I, I I you know I mean look, dude, if you're if you can't get it together on offense and you're scoring three points or six points, time's ticking, dude. Like it ain't it ain't oh yeah, you know, we gotta we gotta execute. We gotta execute. Well, well no fucking shit, dude. Like yeah. when you're not scoring 10 or more points, of course you gotta execute. It's like you keep saying the same thing every single week and it's the same result. So what has got to change? I'll they, tell you something though. Their the whole scheme's got to change. Russell Gage, he's been kind of gimpy all year and he's been a big disappointment. They spent one year with, with you know, they gave him a $10 million contract. They're, you know, that's not, he, he's, he's not putting up that production for a $10 million contract. Like that's a, he's been a like a big disappointment. So they're leaning on Chris Godwin, who just came back from injury, pretty much back to back injuries on uh, seasons. And uh, it's just, you could, you could tell he's just not the same uh, route runner and ability. Like he don't have that breakaway speed. So it's really just him and Evans, but they're just not clicking, man. I, I, I don't even, I don't even like how to describe it. I've never seen this before in a Tom Brady offense. Usually they, you know, they kind of figure it out and they don't make the same mistakes, but it just doesn't seem like anything is working. I mean, Nick, if you can't run the football, you can't do anything. Nick and Mike, you want to know one thing that both the Packers, well, not so much the Packers, but for me, my opinion on the Buccaneers. The 49ers last year were three and five and ended up in the NFC championship game. And, you know, I, I, I'm not done with the Bucs yet. I just I refuse to believe that they can't turn this around. I just I refuse I can't I can't believe that yet. I mean, I, I'll put it to you this way: I think they both get in still as of today, because despite all these troubles, I mean the seventh seed is currently the Rams at three and three. The Packers are a half game out because they played one more game, and the Bucks are three and four, just like the Packers, and they hold the division lead. They're currently your four seed. Despite all this, so it can't get any worse. It can only get better, I assume, um, because this is, I mean, this is rock bottom, I would say, for both of these teams. I think they'll both get in still, uh, but in particular, the Packers, three games back of the division, the division's looking much less likely, even though I think there's going to, to be some negative regression for the Vikings at some point. That could even be this week. But they do have I mean a three game lead. I'm surprised is, you is said something. that. Well I'll give you I'll give you a reason, but I'll I'll wait. No, I know because I'm actually there. I know this is way off topic, but I'm actually with you. But go ahead. Yeah, I'll I'll save that for, for Thursday because awesome. Yeah. I, I think I, I have a couple of glaring stats that I want to save. Okay. And, and also we would be remiss to not mention what the Cardinals did on Thursday, but I'm saving it. I'm going to save it because it's, it's not relevant for this discussion. So I do think they both get in, but I do have to ask you guys this. And I, I haven't, I have an expectation of what the answer will be, but I have to ask it anyway. If both of these quarterbacks continue to play this poorly, that being Tom Brady and Allen Rodgers, if they continue to play this poorly or miss the playoffs or both, should they retire at the end of this season? Um, big if. I don't I have think to ask the question. Tom Brady, I mean, it depends. If he finishes out the season eight and nine or something like that, then 
yeah, it's not, it's not worth it, bro. It's, it's just go out. Don't let it get worse. And for Aaron Rodgers, I think no matter what, he's retiring because there's nobody that's going to walk through that door that's going to change what's going on in that organization. You think he's retiring no matter what this year? I do. I thought he was going to retire. Uh, Look, I was on record last year. I thought he was going to retire I, when he, yeah, when he lost in the playoff game. And then now you want to follow it up with you lost the best your best receiver and you're sitting here screaming what the fuck every 35 seconds to a different player? Oh, man. I mean, you did say that. It's a it's a fair chance that it happens for both of them. I'm not, I'm not going to like just Agreed. push it aside. I yeah, think no. it's, it's very fair because these struggles are hard to ignore and nobody wants to go off into the sunset when they're looking their worst. Like these guys have pride, you know? I, I don't know. I Like I said, I think they can turn this around. So I don't want to say that I, I think they'll retire, but there's a, there's a chance. I'm not going to just push it aside. Tom Brady's got a giant broadcasting deal waiting for him. Maybe a chance to reconstruct what's going on with his family. I hope. Um, I and hope. then Aaron Rodgers, he's just a wild card. He's a wild card because, like, <laughs> you never know. Like, this guy could be on shrooms and make this decision. And who knows? He could be pulling a Brett Fall over the next minute. I don't know. Like, I, I want to do shrooms with him. Uh, that ayahuasca is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to try it with him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to say because he's got so much money on the table, and I I don't know. I I I think that probably he's more likely to stay than Tom Brady because he has a lot more he needs to accomplish than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's already done everything. That's a good point. Tom Brady's done everything under the sun, and he doesn't want to look like this on his way out. Like he doesn't want this to continue if it continues this way. Theories, you know, you know your guy. Come on, man. I I disagree, man. I disagree with you guys. I think I think uh, Aaron Rodgers has a higher chance of being retired after the season than Tom Brady. I said that. I do. What? I said that too. Oh, you did? <laughs> yeah, I said Aaron Rodgers would retire. Oh, I thought Brady. you said they were both. I thought you said they both were going to retire. No, 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 no. I said that I would. I would lean that it'd be more Aaron Rodgers because I think he's retiring regardless. And I oh said, yeah, yeah. I think he's done too. I don't think he, I don't think he wants to be there, bro. <laughs> like he, he, he don't look interested to me. Truthfully, well, you, know, you uh, say that. Based on what I see, but then you say that, but I, I see the same thing with Brady too. I, I think Brady yeah. looks a little checked out too. No, I, I'm, I'm right with you, man. Like I, when I watch Tom Brady, he has that look in his eyes in pregame where it's like, yo, he's about to tear your ass up. Like, he's going to give you a 350-yard piece with fucking five nuggets and a dub, bro. Like, and he's going to throw up for me. Like, he always had that look before pregame. But, like, now it's just like – it's like he's going through the motions. It's like something is really bothering him, bro. I, I don't think his play diminished. I, I don't. I, I And I, I, I will stand my own ground on that. And you can you can you can go you can sit over there and make your you know your fucking faces, but where's Baker Mayfield at? Hey, that's perfectly yeah. that, he's injured. I'm just saying, bro. I'm just <laughs> saying, dog. When you come for a legend, bro, you got to be ready for war. I don't. I, well, Baker, I don't consider Aaron Rodgers a legend, so that's where we did. No, that's I'm saying Tom Brady. I was talking about Brady. Baker Mayfield's got a lot of time these days. He no, could be watching. I was saying, and this poor guy saying, is catching strays. To yeah. clear to clear my comments up, what I was saying is. 
I think Tom Brady, as I don't think his plays diminished. I don't think his arm diminished. I if you watch that play where he threw it right in the bucket to Mike to Mike Evans, how do you say he's washed? There are some throws in tight windows to Cade fucking Otten that is like, damn, bro, this guy's 45. Like, I, I don't see a drop-off. I just see the drop-off in the team. Like, it, it's just like it's almost like a facade, dude. Like, it's weird. Like, if they click on all cylinders, Brady's gonna throw 350 a game, bro. The That's same can it. be said about Rodgers, too, though. No, like, it Rogers, can't be because he doesn't have any weapons. No, he doesn't Rogers, have the weapons. I'm saying, I'm saying he's made some wow throws, too. Like for No, example, no, I know. And it's, like, it, he, it hasn't really that, been all Rodgers. That, that all throw Rogers. he made two weeks ago to Al Lazard down the sideline, and there's, like, maybe two or three guys that can make that throw. Yeah, but and nobody's calling Aaron popped. Rodgers washed. Nobody's calling Aaron Rodgers dumb. No, no, nobody's but, saying all that. They're just saying, like, Aaron Rodgers is, like, you know – just frustrated with this team, and they're you know obviously the young wide receivers are going to get the the blame. I I would I would lean that Aaron Rodgers is more washed than he is in his prime, and I don't care how many back to back MVPs he's won, he's not elevating talent around him. And when you make fifty million dollars a season and you're a back to back MVP, you need to elevate talent. That's why Devontae Adams was let go because you should be able to elevate the guys around you. That's bullshit, and I'm not playing that and because other thing. lesser caliber quarterbacks get held to that standard. And that's the thing they were expecting him to do, Mike. And that's the thing that neither of these unfair, quarterbacks, neither of these quarterbacks, are doing that right now. Agreed. Totally agree. Neither of them are absolved of this right now. They are not raising the level of the play of their teams, and that's why they're where they are. They're three win teams right now. Oh yeah, but we they're just not got our comments. I I totally disagree with that. By the way. Wow, oh, there it is. Facebook just. I disagree in. with the whole. Um, you know, he should elevate talent around him. I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers is a. He's a veteran. Like, he's been there for 15 years playing quarterback. To, to, he knows what it takes to get on the same page as his wide receivers. Do you know how hard it is for rookies to come in here and just perform at a level that, you know, like a like a Justin Jefferson? Nobody's just – those guys are hard to find. Jamar Chases are hard to find. If you if, if Aaron Rodgers had one of those guys on their team, I'm sure they'd be, they would be the same wide receiver. He'd probably a little bit better. But, but what I'm saying is it just – it boils down to who you draft and and getting on the same page as your young wide receivers, which is very difficult. Not all rookies are going to get it right away. And that is the tricky part about going into the season with rookie wide receivers. They're not going to always get it right away. Rookie and wide receivers really Rookie wide receivers and poor leadership don't mix. Because you know what happens? Oh, we're making, we're making mental mistakes. Oh, we got to simplify the game. You got to be better. Looking at the coach, making faces. Well, yeah, and we already know that Aaron Rodgers doesn't like rookies. That's just on record. But I'm going to move forward, guys, because we have to talk about the first place <laughs> Seattle Seahawks. Uh, let me repeat myself. The Seattle Seahawks, led by Geno Smith, or in first place in the NFC West. That division includes the Super Bowl champion Rams, the NFC Championship 49ers, and the playoff Arizona Cardinals. And the Seattle Seahawks are in first place. So, I have to ask you guys something. Are they for real? 
I can't. I can't do this, bro. Like, I, I have no answer it. on this. I gotta ask the question because we're almost at midseason. They're in first place. Um. Okay. I don't think they're for real. However, I do think that they were an underrated team coming into the season, and I believe it just because everybody still thought. Now I don't know about Russ, but I'm just going off of based off of these six games. Everybody thought that when they lost Russ, they were losing 2014, 15, 16 Russ. And that didn't look to be the case. So, but when you have DK Metcalf and you have Tyler Lockett, your O-line is playing decent. And you have Pete Carroll, who I think at this point now was an underrated head coach because everybody thought that Russell Wilson was making Pete Carroll. And I'm not so sure that that's the case right now. But I think they're better than we better than everyone anticipated, but I don't think they're for real. Oh man. Damn, I never. like that. Yo, I never thought of that. I never thought about uh Pete Carroll being uh that guy, you know, instead of the Russ, instead of you know, the you know, the other way around where Russ was yeah. getting all the praise and you know, the head coach was kind of clueless. He ran the ball on, on, the, on the one yard line, yada yada. You know, you know what I mean? Like that's interesting. It's a good take. I'm potting. Well, listen, the guy, he won only one ring with the team that he had, and that, that goes that goes on the quarterback and the coach. I'm just saying, they only won one, one ring. They should have had probably two or three with the At team least. that they had. So, and I'm, I'm also not going to tolerate any Russell Wilson disrespect of his career. They, they certainly have helped each other. Let's just put it that way. I'm not going to tolerate the disrespect. <laughs> um, of a Hall of Fame career. I will absolutely tolerate you shitting on him right now, though, because I do that the most. Let me ask you a question real fast. Real fast. If Russell Wilson never makes the playoffs again, is he a Hall of Famer? Well, yeah, he already got he already got in. Ten years, he has a Hall of Fame resume. But it's going to look really ugly. It's going to look really ugly on his resume if – he doesn't return, and if he continues to play like this, That's if he fair. continues to play like this, they're going to be looking for a way out of that contract. That's also true, but they're stuck with him for for two or three years. It, it can't get any worse than this. Agreed. It, it can only go up. So, but let's <clears throat> not make this about Russ because this, we have to talk about the Seahawks. So, Nick, are the Seahawks for real? <sighs> Mirage, but they're on the rise. I'll tell you that. I like this Kenneth uh this Kenneth Walker kid. Man, he's a stud running back. He's very good. I mean, look, if you like I said, if you could run the football, you could be in fucking football games. You'll be able to score points. What? What are you looking at me like that for? Yeah, the no, guy's I'm getting reading. 160 yards rushing. Hell yeah, that helps you. No, no, no. I'm reading a comment. Somebody just said Colin oh. Kaepernick gets called in to play for Seattle if Geno Smith gets hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. You're crazy. Yeah, bro, take it easy. It's just it's just my emotions. But um, yeah, no, uh DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I mean, dude, like they're playing really well. And but like they're playing with almost like they have nothing to lose. Like Geno Smith is playing like he has nothing to lose. He everybody's already counted him out. You already heard him week one when he beat uh Denver. Like he's playing with this chip on the shoulder that's actually kind of scary for opponents because you know. When you play somebody who have nothing to lose, they're going to do everything to kill you. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to find ways to win to beat you and upset you in your own building. And it's like they're playing with this self-confidence. Uh, Pete Carroll is doing a hell of a job. He's, you know, they're, they're, they're just 
they're playing really good football. They just are. I mean, I can't explain it. But Russell, I mean, uh, but uh, I'm sorry, Geno Smith. Geno Smith is playing top seven football in in the league. Like, that's yeah, not what's going on. It's I, I, this is the weirdest year I've ever seen in my life. This is the craziest year. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers and you got Tom Brady under 500. Um, and you got the, you know, the fucking Giants and the Jets at six and one and five and two. It's the most insane season I've ever seen in my life. It's 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 really crazy, bro. I mean, I, I know Vegas is cleaning up on this. Other, oh, on the- yeah. Major. Major. Not if I had anything to say about it. But listen, like this whole Geno Smith thing, Geno versus Russ, is no longer even a conversation. Geno Smith, unless your name is Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Hurts, you're, you're, he's playing better than every quarterback in the league minus those short handful of names. So it's no on, longer about Russ. Hold on, it's sorry. no longer I, about Russ anymore. I'm sorry. I was reading the comments, and Caden, the Colts fan, said, what QB can I get for Brady and Keenan Allen? He said, Dak owner already said he'd give me Dak for that deal, wondering if I could get more. Absolutely, you could get more. You're getting Dak fucking Prescott? Stinks. He stinks. You can get more. <laughs> Keenan Allen's coming back. He's coming back off injury. Mike Williams just got hurt. Keenan Allen's stock is going to go up, and Tom Brady's stock will pick up as the season goes along. So I would have remained put if you're going to move him for Dak. That's my uh, advice. And actually, I have another question that I've been holding on to from the audience regarding Seattle Seahawks running back Ken Walker. Okay. Chaka says, should I trade away Walker and Pickens, George Pickens, for Justin Jefferson and PPR? Uh, it depends. I mean, look, if 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 you if you have running backs, like if you have Josh Jacobs. And you got an Austin Eckler on your team, and your third running back was Raheem Moster, and you don't know if 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 and you need a wide receiver. Yeah, absolutely. I would I would trade I would trade for Justin Jefferson because you already have the depth. But if you have you know a Saquon and Kenneth Walker's or two, I probably would remain put. Depending on yeah, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I would remain put because Yo, Kenneth, not for nothing. Kenneth Walker's really good, and it's hard to find good running backs. Yo. As a Deontay Johnson owner, George Pickens looks like the guy that Kenny Pickett goes to for real. He's his touchdown. He's his touchdown target. Proud, yeah. proud Pickens owner in three leagues right here. I'm very proud. Um, but I actually have a different answer for this trade because the key word here is PPR. And the one thing that I would love to see the Seahawks do more of is get Walker involved in a passing game, which they do not do. So if this was non-PPR, I might actually be thinking about this. But for PPR, and you're getting Justin Jefferson, who's a first-round pick, playing like a first-round pick, then I I am going to pull the trigger here. But the fact that Ken Walker has even made this a conversation just shows you the level of talent that this kid has. He's a certified stud. He could be a league winner for you. Um, But in in this circumstance, you said PPR, I take Jefferson. That's just me. Non-PPR, okay, it's different. I might actually be sitting put. I I might be staying where I am. All right? But back to the question. Are the Seahawks for real, guys? I didn't give you my answer. And I I believe I owe you one. So I, I hate to say this, but look at the league right now and tell me how many good offenses there are. Not many. 
offense is ugly this year. The Seahawks offense, the, the Seahawks offense right now in its current stature, and now we know DK is not going to be out for too long. I think that they have a good enough offense to make the playoffs. So I'm going to say that they're for real, but here's the follow-up question. It's a facts or cap. All right. Facts or cap. The Seahawks will make the playoffs this year, and I'll answer it because I, I was going there, okay? I'm saying cap because I don't think their defense is going to be able to hold up. Their defense is getting shit on. And I do feel like some of these veteran offenses are going to catch up a little bit here. I mean, come on. Like, you cannot get into the playoffs with the defense that they're playing right now. But they they will compete. They're They're real enough to compete for a playoff spot. I am going to say that because that's how good the offense has been. And that's how good Geno Smith has been completing the ball 73% of the time right now, 73%. And they got a run game. They got receivers. So they're going to score. They, they just hung 38 on the chargers. Okay. Come on. That's crazy. Well, well to be honest with you, the chargers have kind of been looking a little uh, mirage too. So I don't know. Are they are they are they the real deal, or the Seahawks just that good? Still a nine win team from last year. So to me, hey, if you're shitting on a competitive team that is supposed to be leagues ahead of you, and they're doing this weekly, by the way, they're hanging thirty plus on everybody. So it's consistency for me. They just they consistently score points. That's huge. That's you know what's crazy. Out. You know what's crazy? We and, and this is like really like way off topic. I mean, we were just talking about the Chargers, Go ahead. but it, it's just it, like I could kind of see the frustrations that maybe Mahomes might have, you know, towards the media whenever he loses. But Justin Herbert, man, it's awfully quiet when he loses, and I don't understand because we call him an elite quarterback, mm-hmm. but yet he hasn't performed like an elite quarterback when he should be ascending. He's kind of like plateauing to a degree so and the media is very quiet about that it's just very interesting so now i can kind of see their side a little bit here just want that to throw was the problem with her fair point her yeah, year started like this but the problem is, is after that rookie year when he got up here he stopped going like that and he just went like this yeah he just well, also i i mean yeah he definitely deserves criticism uh but i I will say this the injury combined with Keenan Allen being out, Rashawn Slater being out, and the team's refusal to run the football for half of the season so far. They finally are doing that now. But yes. that that catches up and also the defense has just been awful with all those high profile additions and they just yeah. lost JC Jackson for the season. So it's not this is another situation where it's like, okay, the whole team has been crumbling. It's not just Herbert, but Herbert absolutely deserves criticism and needs to play better. If you are going to show up and play on the field, you need to be better. Otherwise, sit your ass out and get healthy. That's all I'm saying. I'm you sorry, Mike. Take- I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm just laughing at a comment I just read. So we're talking Steve Carroll. Steve Carroll is absolutely fucking insane. Like, oh my God. like that, that's that is, we gotta we gotta that's move some on. Sick shit. Yo. Yeah, move on, man. So this. This will be faster paced this segment. This I'm sorry, is... Mike. I didn't mean to cut it. No, it's okay. I saw the comment. I was just like, whoa. 
Steve, Steve Carroll. Um, interesting. It's crazy. The New York Jets, the other surprise team, five and two. But I have to, I have to put a little damper on it. They lost Brees Hall for the season. That's my guy. I'm depressed. Torn ACL. You hate to see it. Um, they then go out. And look, I have to mention this situation because this is where we're going. We're taking a fantasy angle here in a minute. I also, for the first time in my life, drafted handcuffs this year, like religiously. I have Michael Carter. I'm thinking, all right, I might be able to survive here. This team likes to run the football, right? And then the Jets trade for James Robinson. They trade a six-round conditional pick for James Robinson. James Robinson's probably going to take on the early down work sooner rather than later. Maybe not this week. So Carter might still have some value. But I'm saying I just got shit on twice in a matter of 24 hours. And I am already I'm depressed about my guy to begin with. And then you're telling me I go out and do the right thing and get the handcuff this year. And it didn't even matter. You some shit. For real. So I'm, I'm going to hold on to him for now. So I'm going to go right to the fantasy angle before I ask you the reality of the Jets, okay? If you're a Brees Hall owner, who are some waiver wire targets that you would go for at running back this week? And I'm going to whisper one right into the mic. The Gus bus. What I say? The Gus bus, bro. I was cracking up when I saw his number, too, because I just heard you saying that and what we were talking about last week. I'm like, this dude was spot on with Gus Edwards. But, like, I just can't see myself – Going into my week, ready to rock, ready to play some fantasy and win. Like, yo, who's your RB2? Gus. The Gus bus. I'm uncomfortable yo, with that. He doesn't even look like a running back. It looks like an offensive lineman in a running back. He just looks like the Hulk. But that's the first one, right? Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Gus Edwards is a priority claim. Um, I guess, would you still claim Michael Carter despite the presence of James Robinson? Well, I feel like Michael Carter. He's he's usually on a, on on a roster. Uh, you know, if he's if, if somebody had Brees Hall, but um, yeah, I mean Michael Carter would be somebody I look at. I mean, look, I mean James Robinson obviously getting traded to the Jets uh, is going to hurt his value, but it might. It, it, I think you can get a couple of games for Michael Carter, and then if whatever you have on your team, maybe you could package a deal, sell high on Carter if he has a big game, um, along with a player, and then go get another running back. That would be an avenue that I would take on uh, on the waiver wire there. So if he's available, I would I would I would go get Michael Carter. The Jets are committed to run the football. They're committed. Yeah, and also it's just a sign they they want to have a two running back offense. Um, I would lean more with Carter and PPR than not PPR. Line is good too. Oh well, and they just lost Oliveira Tucker for the season. Which yeah, I that's a big even- loss. I didn't even mention yet, but that that is a big loss of left guard. Um, but any other running backs, guys, that strike you as a good waiver wire target? Like maybe what? Like if you could see if Deontay Foreman or Chuba Hubbard's available. Is there anybody else? Uh, I I would go Deontay Foreman all day. He's he's probably number one on my list. Um, I know Isaiah Pacheco is out there, but like I. I I just can't get on board with Chiefs running backs. I, I think they have CEH still in the wings. They still have Jarek McKinnon. They're not going to just phase out. He's been playing really well. 
Um, so I, I, I just see them just being running back by committee just because he's the starter. That doesn't mean he's going to be a fantasy option. And that's just how I feel about it. Uh, I haven't really seen enough of him. Um, even last game, I mean, he was kind of mid. He had maybe like, what, four points the entire time. So uh, the entire game. So like for me, I, I'm, I'm fading Pacheco all day. Um, but I, I would go all in on Foreman because, again, Carolina is going to run the football. They got P.J. Walker at the helm. Uh, you know what they do best. And, I, I mean, look, McCaffrey was getting, um, you know, 20 touches a game. I mean, Foreman was actually doing that last year when he was on Tennessee, and he's proven that he, he can be that kind of workhorse. So I would go towards uh, Foreman more than anything and fade Pacheco. Okay. I appreciate the mention there with Pacheco because he is he is tending to be out there. And if he is starting, it's definitely worthy of adding him. But starting him right away, you're right, Nick. Got to be cautious of the committee as a three-man committee. Um, and unless they give him more work, you know, that's a tough sell. Um, James Robinson, now that he is on the Jets and he's freed from the Jags because he's been losing work. And, you know, we'll get to the Jags aspect of this in a second. But – for the New York Jets, James Robinson, what is his rest of season value? If you had to just give me a ballpark idea here, you don't have to be too in-depth. What are your expectations for him? RB1, RB2, what are we looking at I think at he would here? be a solid RB2. I think you would. Low-end RB2, high-end RB3. I got a flex, flex option. I think I think he can he could be a top twenty five fantasy back moving forward. Uh, I can't put him in the top twenty right now. I think there's a lot of good backs uh, in the league. Ironically, uh, running Even back. Even with the way they run the ball. Yeah, they're going to run the ball, but they got they they just drafted Michael Carter too, so they're obviously going to see what they have in him. Um, yeah. even though they just traded for James Robinson, but they got rid of a six round pick. It could be a fifth, depending on how much usage he gets. Yeah. So, obviously, I feel like the Jets are going to play it to their advantage and probably play him less to get the, you know, the lower price tag, um, depending on how competitive they are from here on out on the season. Um, but, I mean, the, the move to me tells me that, the, like, the Jets think they can win now, which mm -hmm. is pretty cool. So, um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I like the move for the, for the Jets, no doubt about it. I just think I, I, I see him as a top 25 option. Yeah, and that's fair. I would say solid RB2, and if, if the matchup is real juicy, he could maybe put up some low-end RB1 numbers, but I'm sure there's going to be some where he just completely busts out, too. At least he's going to play, though. So if you have him and he was sitting on your roster, uh, ETN handcuff or whatever, notice how I said that, but we'll get there in a second. Um, James Robinson now is relevant again, and he's not droppable. He should be on your roster, okay? The next question is this. The flip side of it, all right, Travis Etienne, who's been breaking out in a big way the last couple of weeks for the Jags. We need to know his rest of season value. But first, you know what I'm going to say. Theories, you're an Etienne owner. What have I been saying for the last month? Buy low, buy low, because the numbers in terms of his usage have been there, and we already know about the talent. Now you're seeing the guy get comfortable in this offense. I am telling you this. And you guys can say whatever you want in response. I think he's a certified RB1 from here on out. There will be some weeks where he's more of an RB2. But PPR, 
because of his pass catching ability and owning the whole backfield. He is now a running back one with league winning potential. Just like that. See how I flipped? Yeah, that was a good uh that was good stuff. I'm in sync. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think he's a top ten back moving forward. He's gonna get the he's gonna get the ball. Uh, the only knock on him was James Robinson was taking up fifty percent of his carries. So uh, now that he's gone, I mean, their backup is Jamichael Hasty. If if he comes in here and he takes fifty percent of his carries, I'm gonna be calling out m- motherfuckers too. I'm gonna be calling. I'm gonna be calling out Mr. Dougie P on that too because that is fucking stupid. You have a, you have a good ass running back, and yet you're gonna split carries with. Your backup. It doesn't even make any sense. Um, yeah, it just it's just clueless. It's clueless coaching. It doesn't make any sense. And that's where I'm at with it. But yeah, no, ATN's a top 10 back from here on out. I totally agree. Um, he he's been awesome, dude. Like, yo, he could rip off like 50 yard runs. His speed is what separates him from wow. uh, a lot of young uh running backs in the league today. He's he just flies, like he's just he's quick, he he makes decisions quick. Um, he hits the hole hard. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I did it on purpose because I know I, I, I say it almost every every single show. And you guys say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I'm potting now. You know what I mean? This is our shit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, no, nah, I mean, I, 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 he's top 10 moving forward. I, I And the schedule favors him. All right. So there's one more question before we move on. The New York Jets. Now that they're five and two, they are firmly in a playoff position right now. Okay. Five and two puts them as the highest wild card. And they are literally a half game back of the Bills for the division. That is insane. So I have to ask you this facts or cap, the Jets will make the playoffs this year. The Jets are getting ready to crash, bro. They're getting ready to. <laughs> Crash, crash landing for the Jets. You lose Brees Hall. You lost. You lost your offensive uh, lineman. That's that's major, bro. Like that's that's big pieces that help you win the football game. Like we, I just talked about it earlier on this podcast. To in order to be successful and score points, you got to be able to run the football effectively. So now that you lost those two pieces, it's going to be even harder for you. And and now you got to count on Zach Wilson a little bit more. I'm not too comfortable with that. The Jets are getting ready to crash. And it's going to start this week. I'm echoing much of the same. Uh, I think they're on their way out. Uh, It was great to start the season, but you're not going to win many games with your quarterback throwing for 100 yards. You're just – it's it's not going to work. The defense is for real, though. Sauce Gardner can play. Their defense will keep them in games. But, I mean, look, if there's no drop-off from Brees Hall to James Robinson – Maybe they could keep it up and make it interesting. But the Dolphins with Tua now, I mean, Tua looked like he was fine again. And we need to, like I said, we need to put spec on his name. But the Dolphins are good. I mean, the Patriots, I don't really know what we make of them. That's a different day. It's a different story for a different day. Uh, you know, you got the battle with the middies. Um, yeah, but I'm just not, yeah, I'm just not there with the Jets. I, I just, I can't buy in because Zach Wilson's not doing anything. I mean, he's. He's just not. You can't. He's he's he legitimately looks like Cooper Rush. You know who's better than him? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. 
He's better. He right went now, to the playoffs. We talk about whoa, whoa, whoa. We right now, yeah. And we talk about people going to the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. And that determines, okay, what kind of quarterback are they? And he took them to the playoffs. He took the Patriots to the playoffs with no fucking weapons. That's impressive, bro. Yeah, right now I would say he's better too. I'm gonna say, uh, Mike, did you wanna did you wanna reply to Nick there? Or? Uh, I think I mean as as it currently stands, he is. But I think if you put Mac Jones on the Jets, he looks just like Zach Wilson. And I think if you put Zach Wilson on the on the Patriots, he looks just as good, if not a little bit better, because I think he has a little bit more overall talent. Yeah, I, I think higher ceiling for Zach Wilson, but higher floor for Mac. Stop the flash, bro. Stop falling for the flash, bro. Well, well, Seriously, stop falling for stupid shit like that. You, you're falling for booty. I'm not falling for booty, bro. I'm falling for a quarterback that that that, that wins, bro. He went to the playoffs last year and made the Pro Bowl. Well, here, can we hold and, it? And for- we won't even talk about Mac Jones. And, we, and we, we, come, we come up here and we trash Mac Jones like he's a pile of shit. All because he got hurt and his backup played super well. And then now everybody wants him out of town after two fucking games of Bailey Zap. And then this dude comes in, he throws two two touchdowns, and and he Mac Jones throws a pick, right, last night, then gets benched after three series, right? Which is one unfair to him, even though he knew that he wasn't playing, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. Why the fuck would you want to play two quarterbacks in a game? That's dumb as hell. That's number one. Um, but two, you already Bailey Zapp, there, baby. Sure, Bailey Zapp comes in, throws two touchdowns, or he leads the Patriots to two touchdowns. He looks fucking great. The rest of the game, the Bears blew his sorry ass off the fucking field. Didn't even score another point. He got blown out by the fucking Bears. That's a, that's pathetic. And then we we're talking about uh, Zappy Hour, bro. Come on, what are we talking about here, dude? It's called recency bias. People forget what Mac Jones did last year. Like, it, it gets swept under the rug like he's a pile of shit. It's crazy to me, bro. You know Give who you sound like you're defending? You know who you sound like you're defending? Who? He played in Cleveland. Oh, my God. You really want to go to Baker, bro? No, no, I don't. But that's exactly who you sound like you're defending. Because you sounded the same oh. argument after 2020, bro. Well, my, my thing is true. this. But my thing is this, though. He just got hurt. Like, it's it's like... They're turning, they turned on him in two weeks. So everything he did for you last year meant nothing to you and the entire fucking nation of of, of uh, New England. Like those fans, they should feel like shit. Well, they look yeah. horrible. Yeah, You're gonna I mean, boo your quarterback. No, 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 no. You're gonna boo your quarterback who just took you to the playoffs last year with zero expectations, made the Pro Bowl, and then you're gonna boo him for fucking Bailey fucking zap. Can we stop with the Pro Bowl, bro. bro? He was the 75th reserve. Come on, bro. No, that's still an accomplishment, bro. To be one of the top quarter, he had he played good last year, man. Nick, he's not even a top ten quarterback in the AFC. Maybe I don't know. I have to go through the through the list. But I I, I still Robert, think did we play. want you know what he's young, bro. We want to do that. He's young. He's a fucking baby. He just came out of college. He's a proven winner. He won the national championship too. He's did a proven do- winner. Do we want to do that actually right now? I can, I could go through the list right now. I actually I'm think that'd be it. a lot of fun. I'm about it, bro. Right? I'm passionate just, about this quick, topic because it's stupid. Just quick yes or no, is Mac Jones better? Okay. Yes. Go no, here. No, hold, hold on. I I didn't even go through okay. it. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean Theories <laughs> is ready, baby. He's ready to oh, battle. Man, having fun, man. All right. So Josh Allen. 
No. I'm going to oh. count them. Every time I put my finger up, they're better. Patrick Mahomes. No. Ryan Tannehill. Right now, no. Okay. Nick? Ryan Tannehill? I, I mean, look, yo, I'm always tightening up, bro. So I don't mind that. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind it, bro. You can put him in an area. Yeah. I go Tannehill, too. <laughs> okay. Lamar Jackson? No. No. Zach Wilson? Yes. He is better Fuck than Zach Wilson. No, bro. No, oh, 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 no. he's better. Oh, yes. oh, 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 my bad. My bad. My he's bad. better. Yeah. <laughs> you are. You all right, bro? <laughs> Yo, how about Sam Ellinger? Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold that thought. Oh, yeah, my bad. Hold it. All right. Tua. Tua. Is he better than Tua? I don't oh, know, I, bro. Hold on, hold on. I, That's hard. I don't know, bro. I don't know. But push. Yeah, push. I'll say it's that. A push, bro. It's a push, bro. It's a push. You give Mac Jones a Tyree Kill and a Jalen Waddle, bro, anybody would look good, bro. That's that's fair. That's a fair argument. I mean, I would even I would even maybe give Mac Jones a slight notch there, but in terms of recency, I think that levels it out. So I'll just say push. Okay. But we might revisit it in a second. Okay. Justin Herbert. No. No. Joe Burrow. No. no. Are you still I'm counting, Mike? Because I'm not counting. How many is that? That's seven. Uh, there was only there was only one yes so far. Uh, Derek Carr. No. Matt Ryan slash Sam Ellinger. <laughs> Mac Middies, bro. Yeah. Mac Middies. bro. I mean, probably. Yeah, he's he's probably a little bit better right now. I'll give I'll give him a yes there. Why not? I don't know. I mean, Matt Ryan might be a little bit better on the Patriots. I don't know. Yo, Davis Mills. Yes. Facts. How about okay. how about Trevor Lawrence? Long haired Trevor Lawrence, bro. You think he's better than Mac Jones? You're out of your uh, fucking. Uh, I'm gonna say push. It used to be Mac Jones. It's it still Mac Jones, bro. I don't ever think it was Mac Jones, and I'm not even a Trevor Lawrence fan. Yeah, I, I actually, again, this is another one where it's like Tua. I think Matt, Mac might have him by a notch, but it's been equalized lately. So, because I'm giving yo, him credit for what he has done, too. Here's a fair question right here, bro. How about, <laughs> no, Russell Wilson? No. That's tough, bro. No, because if we're going to sit tough, here. Bro. If we're going to sit tough, here, bro. now see, that's the definition of recency because now if we're talking about recency, Mac has been garbage recently. So if we're going to talk about recency, we have to keep it a buck. I'm going to say this right now. If we're oh. going to sit here and say all these quarterbacks that we just talked about today can turn it around, I'm going to say the same about that guy. And I'm also going to say Mac Jones has been garbage this year. He is not better than Russell Wilson. Can we, yo, can I no. put an asterisk to that? Mac Jones has been garbage since the Buffalo game. I won't argue. He's literally been That's why everybody's down on Mac Jones. Because the only good part of Mac Jones was his first seven or eight games. And then Mac Jones was, was actually garbage to finish why the are season. We, what are we talking about, bro? This is the shit I'm talking about. People love the fucking flash, bro. You're telling me Mac Jones makes the playoffs and made the Pro Bowl. He gets hurt, misses a couple of games. His backup shines. Listen to me. His backup shines. 
He's had a couple bad games this year to start the season, and now everybody wants him out. But Mr. fucking Daniel Jones gets 65 million chances. Well, it's Daniel Jones' fifth year, and Daniel Jones looks better than And Mac this Jones is Mac right Jones, now. yes. This is his third year. Who? Mac Jones. Exactly. And the problem is that he was coming. Well, here's the thing. Bill Belichick didn't do him, did him a disservice. Fact. That's you true. Don't bring in, you don't bring in that pile of shit as your, as your offensive coaching room. That's number one. So I will cut Mac some slack there. But the Who's problem is Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. They've won Super Bowls, bro, as, as, as coordinators. Bro, they won Super Bowls as coordinators, bro. You so you're defending his hires? What are you talking about? You can't call them garbage, bro. They're accomplished. Dude, have you seen their offense? Bro, they've won Super Bowls, bro. I'm talking about, like, as an overall coach. They don't have the weapons, bro. So they've here, won actually, Super Bowls as coordinator. Yo, if you want a Super Bowl as a coordinator, you're a good fucking coordinator, bro. You want a Super Bowl. You know how hard it is? Only only one coordinator out of 32, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, win it per year. That's you, you, could, win you could win a That's Super Bowl tough, as bro. a coordinator and be a trash coach. That's so – it's yeah, absolutely, bro. And there's, there's, a, there's a ton of examples. Well, here, let me ask you guys the hard questions. Daniels could be one. <laughs> let me ask you guys the hot-button topics right now in this situation. Yeah, sorry. By the I'm way, just bottom, bro. I'm having a I'm good time with you guys. Uh, I know it's this is great. Um, Godfar points out that Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi look alike, which actually I I see that a little bit. That's funny as hell. It's kind of funny. Um, yeah. But uh, what was I going to say? So the the horror hit question here is this: because Bill Belichick is on record saying he does not know who's starting this next game. Bill Belichick left this open. Okay, so. Who should be starting this week? And we don't have to get too crazy here. Just tell me who you think should be starting this week, and then I'll ask you the follow-up question. Who should start this week? I say Mac Jones. I say Bailey Zach because Mac Jones' confidence is shot. This guy. I'm saying Mac Jones. You spent a first-round pick on him, dude. I no, just explained. Matter. I just explained why Mac Jones should be the guy. I just explained it, bro. Because he was he just drafted in the first round? He was drafted in the first round, yes. Okay. And he, you're invested, bro. You're invested. And he oh. just took you to the playoffs. So let me Why ask you a question. would you bench him? Let me ask you a question, Handsome. There was a team in the NFC. There, there was a team in the NFC East. They traded about 900 picks to move up and get this quarterback out of Baylor. And then two rounds later, they drafted another quarterback. I forget where he's from, but he's currently the leader in the NFC North, as predicted by one Pauls. Who's the better quarterback of those two? And it didn't matter after two years. What do you uh, mean? Now, see, that's a whole different topic there. Yes, Kirk no, no, better I, now. I, I missed I missed something that. Well, who, who are I'm these saying guys? that when yes. Washington gave up their years of draft picks to draft Robert Griffin, there were yeah. already sounds that Kirk Cousins was better than him. And Kirk Cousins took over his job. Now, granted, he got hurt. But there were already rumblings that the guy they took in the third round was better than the guy that they traded the whole draft for. That was the fight between Neil Snyder and Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan wanted Kirk Cousins, and Dan Snyder wanted RG3. So okay. the whole first-round draft pick stuff, 
that doesn't really that doesn't hold weight to me. If you have a better quarterback, I don't care what round he was in, you got to put him in. And I'm not saying that Bailey Zapp's better, but did you notice that when Mac Jones went out, they seemed to open up the playbook a little bit? That's that is noticeable. I will admit that. Like he started throwing bombs and stuff, bro. They were fucking wide open, bro. Well, where were they with Mac Jones? I don't know, but that's just that's just circumstances, dude. Like that's just that's what you call a coincidence, bro. He was wide the fuck open, and he actually made a bad throw when Jacoby Myers caught it. It was I a terrible it was a great throw. throw. Myers I it was right on the mark. The what? <laughs> Myers had to go all out to go catch that. I know. I know. It was a terrible. Yeah, throw. it was that's a little pass. Like, bro, bro, it's a fucking facade, bro. It's like. People love the flash. People love the Twitter. People love the excitement. People love the entertainment. But Mac Jones don't provide you that unless he's fucking gritty in, in your end zone. That's it, bro. Well, I'll, let me be the middleman here because I actually – I don't think that there's anything exciting about Bailey Zappi other than the fans just fell in love with him, which was Correct. noticeable. The fans were calling for him, and there was obviously a lot of negative energy with Mac Jones in there. Um, and the the playbook did open up when they brought Bailey Zappi into the game, which is weird. It almost makes it sound like they wanted Mac Jones to fail, which I do have a problem with. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. Right. I agree. But, but let's not forget the second half of this game, too. Bailey Zappi had an awful second half. Now, was there instant energy when he came in? Yes, he kept him right in the game in the first half. The second half, he was bad. So for that reason... I say that's why I'm starting Mac Jones. I'm going to try and get this whole thing back on the track tweak now that, you know, the momentum for Bailey Zappi kind of got shot in the second half when you lose to the Chicago Bears, who, by the way, played a, a hell of a game. Let's, let's, not, let's not just diss them. That was maybe Justin Fields' best game. I but I'm not, going to to go, I'm not going to go there. Just saying, Bailey Zapp, Zappi had a chance to win his job in that second half. And Agreed. he crumbled. Agreed. So I go with Mac Jones and stabilize this thing before it gets really ugly. I actually – I would love to see Justin Fields with a competent O-line and just one good receiver. I really would because he has missed throws, and yeah. I know that he's had really down moments. But to do that on Monday Night Football against Bill Belichick shows balls. And that's a few weeks in a row where his level of play has gone up incrementally – Whereas he looked like some dog shit, for real, like up until maybe last week. Last week he had a pretty good game. This game, he looked pretty good, but it was obviously it came with a lot of inconsistency too. So let's not, you know, let's not forget about that. He he showed some ugliness too, but that was a good game. That that's a Bill Belichick defense. Not to make this about Justin Fields though. Bailey's happy had a chance to win this job and. I actually would argue that if he had a good half, I think it was his job. I think they were going to give him the job. Whether or not I believe that it's fair, I think they were giving him this job, and it didn't happen. So I think they go back to Mac. I don't know, but that's a messy situation over there. It's all Bill Belichick's fault, bro. It's his it fucking ego. It's his big-ass ego. Oh, look. Look at me. I can win with a fourth-round quarterback and name Bailey Zapp, and I'm going to beat you with him. It's all fucking arrogance and ego, bro. It's actually really sad. No wonder Tom Brady left his ass, bro. That ass. I love Bill Belichick. He's my favorite coach. But, like, at the same time, he's an arrogant prick, man. He really is. He don't care. He he wants to prove to you he's smarter than you. 
He's better than you. He wants to embarrass you. That's that's his whole mo. He, like he wants to know. He wants he wants to tell you without even telling you. I know football better than all of you. I am the master. You guys are the students. That's his. That's his whole persona. And you yeah, know that's why he talks to the media the way he does. He doesn't want to give out information because he thinks he's a prophet. And and you know what, what what Bill Belichick did here was he was the one who created this controversy. He created a controversy, and now Bill Belichick's actions could arguably derail this team because he created that issue in his locker room that was non-existent, and the Patriots looked like they were on the upswing as of last week, and now. Not so much. I, I actually could see this whole thing falling apart just because he had to do this. If he didn't do this in this game, he could have shut down this whole situation right off the get-go by not bringing in the backup quarterback in this game. If Mac Jones failed in this game after an entire 60 minutes, then you have the rights to go to your backup. Bill Belichick created this situation himself. He should Agreed. have given Mac the whole game. That's what he should have done, and now he's I got dis- a situation. With I disagree room. with that. I disagree with he should have gave Mac the whole game. He should have followed Dallas's blueprint. Should have followed Dallas's blueprint. If Bailey Zapp gonna- gets the start and he beats Chicago convincingly, like he did the last two weeks against his, all of his opponents, you got to roll with him. He's the hot hand at the moment. But now, if Bailey Zapp would have lost, like he would have done last night, and he started. The, we're not having this conversation. That's bro. my point. That's what I I'm agree. trying to say yeah. is because right. if you you chose to start Mac Jones, so you have to keep Mac Jones in the game. Yeah. Otherwise, you could have just simply said this. Oh, he's not ready. He's still hurt. I'm starting Zappy this game, and then he crumbles, right? And then it's an easy transition. That's what I'm trying to say is you yeah. started Mac Jones. You live with Mac Jones. You you are in bed with Mac Jones right there. Yeah, if and if I, you if not, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You you could have held him out a whole other game and and just blamed it on coming back from the injury. You, you could have just simply done that, and then it would be a totally different transition here. And then you get a whole look at, at Bailey Zappi again. So if you did want to get a look at him, you could have gotten a full game. Facts. Yes. Nobody won from the situation. Yeah, and you lost the game, lose. bro. How do you go into the game? Knowing that you're going to use two quarterbacks, what the fuck game are you playing? Again, it's not bro, college it's football, Bill. It comes to the arrogance. It becomes all this mental game that he just wants to show that he's better than you. It doesn't even make any sense. And apparently, what even makes it even worse is the Patriots' offensive players didn't even know that was the game plan for the quarterbacks. Exactly. How the but fuck the, do they not know? But the How do you go knew. into a Monday night game with an extra day to prepare, and your offense is not on? playing ahead in the game that is crazy to me bro but the media knew that that that's again that bill belichick might have just killed his team season guys i have to move us forward though we have a couple more things here i know this is great this is great final thoughts pauls who starts sunday mac mac we'll see we'll see or he plays both of them again who the who the fuck knows you know if Bailey starts, um, he's going to snap, bro. But. Oh. Well, here, let me move us forward because I think someone cut out there. I'm going to just move us forward because, I mean, look, these are all the hot-button topics, and we don't have enough time to cover this on Thursday with all the games going on. So, Matt, 
Ryan and Pauls, finally you're getting your chance. You just I know you're licking your chops here, okay? Matt Ryan not only is hurt, but Frank Wright goes to the length to say that Matt Ryan was getting benched anyway, and not just a benching, by the way. This is a totally unconventional thing we're hearing here. Sam Ellinger will start the rest of the season, quote-unquote. It's not just a benching for, you know, for the time being. He outright said, Matt Ryan will not start another game for me this season. I traded for this man. I traded a third-round pick, and I hitched my job to this man. And he's not starting another game for me this year. That's an interesting way of saying, hey, like, I'm I'm moving to the backup quarterback. I'm moving to the backup quarterback for the year, he said. <laughs> and Nick Foles is in that locker room, by the way. He is moving to the third stringer. So I need to hear what you guys think because this is like totally like this is this is unheard of. This is unheard of the way that he went about it <coughs> and the way he said it. <coughs> unheard of. Jim Mercy, go fuck yourself. That's what I have to say. And actually, I don't. Th- I actually have a new perspective. I always said, I always thought Carson Wentz went into the doghouse when he wouldn't get the COVID vaccine. And now I'm even more convinced. When that locker room spoke out and they were all disappointed and you had your leaders like Darius Leonard, Jonathan Taylor, and all them boys saying how much they loved him, how good of a teammate he was, this was Jim Ursay's pride and ego and man at Carson. He had a vendetta against him because he didn't get the fucking COVID shot. Frank Wright didn't want him to go. I said this. He threw 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. He had a great season with Indy last year and fell apart in the last two games. Inopportune times. He had a good season. And they could have built on that because he would have had another year in the system. He could have got confident. He could have got some camaraderie with his guys. He could have felt like this team was behind him. And he could have felt like he had a place that called him home and loved him. And that stuff matters, bro. It does. And now Jim Ursay is going to be on his sixth quarterback in six years. And next year will be on seven and seven. And Frank Reich's going to lose his job because of that cokehead. I'm so happy this is happening to him, to them. I'm so happy. It couldn't happen to a better franchise. I I, I totally agree with you. They, I mean, look, the, the season says it all. Matt Ryan has been horrible. The team has been horrible. They have once very good win against the Chiefs, which was obviously that was the Chiefs beating themselves in that game. Everybody knows it. Like, come yeah. on, okay. The the Colts consistency is everything. You go and you trade for a quarterback and he plays well for you, and you eliminate that consistency in the second year of the contract, like you just said, Pauls. And that does matter because repetition, consistency, the locker room. Like getting behind a guy, like they, they just, you don't, you don't, I know, I know you're going to, I know you're going to say that. I see your face. Okay. But still like, that's the problem with the Colts is they're changing quarterbacks every fucking year with no patience. And they had something that was working. And even though they collapsed last year, remember that Carson Wentz's stats for 13 weeks were up there in the top five. For 13 weeks of the season, for four weeks, he was piss poor dog shit. 
And it happened to be at the time when it mattered most. People don't forget that. It's unfortunate, but look at how it turned out. The Colts, they made their bed and they're sleeping in it. Matt Ryan's shot. At least behind this. Like, at least Carson Wentz can wiggle around behind this offensive line a little bit. Bro, it's still, every, nobody is talking about how bad Matt Ryan plays. Nobody's well, talking about it all season. Now they have to. So that's what we're doing right now, and we're going to go there in a second. But first, I want to hear Theory's thought on the situation itself. Um, Pauls, I agree. I, I agree with everything you said. I just have one rebuttal, man. It seems like Carson Wentz always needs to be coddled. He Everybody has to love him. Everybody has to make him feel like he's, he's part of the team. Bro, just shut the fuck up and play football and perform at a high level and win football games. That's really the bottom line. Jalen Hurts didn't have to be coddled. He was getting trade fucking rumors every single week, and he you know what he did? He put his head down, he worked, and now the Eagles are undefeated to start the season. That's how you respond, bro. You don't need to be coddled everywhere the fuck you go. Go out there and play lights out, and they will love you. That's what every fan base does, dude. And that's the only disagreement I have with Carson Wentz. I think that's corny. I actually agree with you. The only – my only, like, minor rebuttal is, like – Bro, he had an MVP season and got hurt. His back won the Super Bowl, bro. Like, dude, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's like you can't recover. Yo, that's one of the things you just can't recover from. Like, I wouldn't be able to as a competitor, knowing that my backup won the Super Bowl, and here I am, like, damn, like I'm over here picking my ass on the sideline while my backup is winning is is winning the ring, and I'm over here like, damn, bro, like my that's my spot, bro. Like, I I look like shit. Bro, it's like working like all weekend. Bro, like working all week and not getting paid on Friday. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I no, I, I I totally agree with that. I mean, that is definitely a factor, right? Um, but I just, I don't know, man. I, I feel like that that's my only rebuttal to you. I agree. No, I totally yeah. agree. It's just, but it's, everything you said was is is fair. And and I can support that notion too, even though I think this guy just continues for some reason. The football gods just hate this guy. He gets dealt with the worst situations. And I feel like we're going to wind up having a lot of questions about his career when it is over. We're going to be like, what was he? What could he have been? Was it all his fault kind of thing? Like it's, we witnessed a QB who was elite for a hot minute and then things went south and now things are just out of his control too. Like it's, you went from one dumpster fire to another, um, (laughs) But that's that's the reality of the situation because you like there aren't many places that he could start or be given an opportunity to start. So like, it's I, I don't know what to say other than <laughs> no. these comments over here. These comments, yo, this is this is this. I'm not gonna lie. This is my favorite show on the comments. I I'm not even kidding you. Every single comment has been fucking hilarious, informative. And I just completely to, shot out. It's completely shot out. This. We got Big Sar asking the Godfather if he's waxing his balls right now. That's All right, yeah, I'm gonna have to. Well, now now that you said it, I have to bring it up on the board here. I wasn't going to, but now you everyone has Star to see. Sar asking the Godfather if he got his balls waxed. <laughs> Good lord. Oh, Let me get this back on track because we have a little we have a little bit more to cover. Guys, I have a couple of facts or cap questions. Oh, my God. Who just hit that button? I did not do that. Oh, my God. Hold on. 
Anyway, factor cap, factor cap, the cult season is over. Facts, man. You got fucking Sam Ellinger. Fuck we talking about. But 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 Frank Reich says he's got the special sauce. Yeah, my sauce. You know what? I'm gonna say this. Oh my god, here we go. I don't think Uh-oh. the cult season's over. And this is this is the only reason why. This has been one of the as 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 long as I can remember, this has been one of the most funky NFL seasons I've seen in a long time. Like I it just is, bro. It's the weirdest thing. Like the True. powerhouse teams from last year are getting blown out to 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 mid-level teams and uh you know lottery teams. It's it's just fucking crazy to me, bro. Like, so I'm not gonna count out somebody uh just yet. I have to see. I, I don't know anything about Sam Ellinger. He can come in there and start balling. Well, he is so mobile. I, I don't want to sit here and spew uh, and, and spew some uh, hatred towards a player I've never seen before. So I'm going to pump the brakes on that, and I'm going to say no for now. But it could be after after the, after uh, the performance. You're keeping it a bean? Yeah, yeah I mean, of course, bro. You don't know. I mean, obviously, there's a reason why they chose to go with him over Nick Foles. One being, he is mobile. And this offensive line has deteriorated so much in the last two years, it's it's hard to believe. So that is a big factor. Um, I, I Listen, I want to say that it's over, but they are literally a game back of the Titans. But they did lose to the Titans twice. So Titans I'm just going to go out here and I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say, facts, their season is over, and here's why, okay? Even though Ryan Tannehill might be hurt and dealing with something that could actually keep him out, even if he was hurt, I'm still willing to say the Titans are better with Malik Willis based on what I saw uh, in limited action from him in the preseason. I think that he actually could keep this upright if he had to play a game or two. But I am going to say that the Titans are just well coached. I, I think the Titans are just, you know, what you're going to get with the Titans. And nothing is working for the Colts right now, uh, other than their pass defense. Their pass defense is pretty fucking good. That's about it. So I'm saying, I'm saying, facts. Their season's over. Done. You know what's funny? Go Everybody, the, the America said that about the Cowboys after they lost Dak Prescott week one. Yeah, but, yeah, but what, have what the are defense the Cowboys have? Right. They do have a good pass defense, though. I'll I'll say that. I just said it. I'm going to say it again. They have a good pass defense, but. They they haven't been able to string together anything like it's to me. I do I say you have a valid point because I've not seen Sam Ellinger play. I do want to see what he could do, and I wouldn't be surprised based on this season. But I'm yeah. saying their season's over. I actually even think the Jags are better. The Jags just can't. They don't know how to win. But the Jags I think are a better team than them right now. They just don't know how to win. They blew another one. I can't lie. I'm kind of rooting for Sammy Ells, bro. <laughs> I am. I mean, I would love to see it just because I, I'm rooting for. Bro, that's but like those are stories that I look at as a fan, and I'm like, damn, no, that's fucking inspiring, dude. That's cool as hell. Like, bro, did you see somebody like a name like Sam Ellinger? Nobody, everybody's counting out, and he's coming here and he's lighting the world on fire, bro. Like, that's Agreed. cool shit, bro. Like, that's a good story for for even kids out there. You know what I mean? Agreed. It sends a good message out to the world, and I, I think it's a positive thing. I I would love to see it just for the sake of the NFL being straight chaos. I just want to see it. Um, so we'll see what happens. 
But the follow-up is this, because if he does play well, by the way, that's a nail in the coffin of Matt Ryan. But I'm going to ask you this anyway. Fact He's going to retire. Well, here you go. Facts are cap. Matt Ryan's career is over. Facts. Facts, bro. He's done, dude. Yo, hey, this is his last year. He just got benched for Sam fucking Ellinger, bro. Like, that is demoralizing to a competitor and is a spirit. Like, there's there comes a point in time where you had a great career in Atlanta. And, bro, it just didn't work out for you. You never won the bowl, bro. And it's a shame. But you got to walk away from the fact that. And you just got to face reality and just move on, bro. Like, I don't see a team in the league that's that, that would want to take Matt Ryan next year as a quarterback. Yeah. It would have to be a super veteran situation. And yeah, even with perfect surroundings, I'm not sure if his regression would change too much. Maybe a little bit, but you're asking for perfect surroundings. And there's really hardly any spots in the league where there are perfect surroundings and there's a need for a quarterback. Maybe, maybe the Saints, but like that's a reach. Like, like Matt Ryan is playing so poorly. Like it's it looks like his career shot. He he's he had that like the typical veteran drop off where it goes like this, like boom out of nowhere. I think he's done. I'm just gonna say facts. Go ahead, um, Paul. Go ahead, Paul. Right Paul. now, right as it currently stands, who has more regret, the Broncos or the Colts? Um, probably the Broncos because of the contract, but. I mean, player wise, like, listen, I'm I'm still not gonna give up on a guy. I just said that's why I said right now. I'm not like, Yeah, I mean, because money's involved, it definitely is like. That's the ultimate like. That's a killer because if he plays like this the rest of his tenure, there they are. They arguably just killed their team's chance of a Super Bowl. Um. So the contract, I mean, the contract's glaring. I also just, I believe he will turn it around. I just don't know if it will be this year, and I don't know if it will be with under this head coach. I don't know if it'll be this year, though. Honestly, I don't know. There's a lot going against him, and he's just not, he's been awful. So I have to say the Broncos right now, because they invested $245 million, and the, the Colts only invested a third-round pick in a guy that they could get out of next year. Very, like, very easily, although I mean their team is fucked right now because they don't have a quarterback. Um, you know, contract. Totally agree. Broncos, they're stuck. They're stuck. They're 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 only they're, they're just hoping this shit turns around, bro. Whereas the Colts, it's like all right, they didn't make the playoffs. What it happened the year before? We're back to square one. We didn't invest much. A third-round pick versus a $240 million contract along with multiple first-round picks and, uh, you know, other draft picks involved. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, it's the Broncos. And the thing is, like, revisionist history, the trade, the, the amount they paid, there were other teams that were willing to pay that. The, the cost was justifiable, but what's not justifiable is how poorly he's playing. So I will guarantee you this. If he don't turn around this year, Hackett's getting fired. I just don't think they're going to – NFL teams do not like firing in season. I don't think he's going to get fired in season unless they literally reeled like five losses in a row. 
I don't think he's going to get fired in season, especially in the first year of his contract. So, like, something's going to change. It's just a matter of when. And is it going to be Russ who changes, or is it going to be the coaching staff? Something's going to change. I don't know when. I can't answer that for you right now. I haven't seen it. I would be shocked if Hackett makes it to Thanksgiving. I was just going to say that, bro. I was just going to say that, bro. I swear to God, I was just going to say that, bro. I was legitimately just going to say that. Yes, correct. Well, look, I'll even say this to you guys. I'll I'll say this to you guys just because of the nature of the situation this week. If they lose to the Jags and get humiliated this week and Russell Wilson doesn't back play, which we don't know at the moment, if they get humiliated this week, I won't rule out anything because then they're two and six. And that is unfathomable. Like, you couldn't have said that to me. Uh, and they've been in games. They could have won a couple of these games. They also could have lost the two games that they won, too. They could have lost those games. So, like, it's unfathomable. We'll get there, though. I do want to move us on to our last segment. Yeah. And this is more rapid fire, guys, because we have to cover this. I would love to hold on to it. But the trade deadline is literally Monday, and there could be something that happens between today and tomorrow. So we have to cover this subject. Let's make it more rapid fire, though. Let's keep it to, like, quicker answers of where you think. So let me explain this. It's called the NFL Trade Roulette. With the NFL trade deadline less than a week away, I want you to tell me the best fit for players on the trade block. I'm going to tell you the player. You're going to tell me the team. I want to see comments, and this is how we're ending the show. And who knows? Someone could get moved tonight. There's been a lot going on on this market. So we've already seen CMC get moved. So let's go right to the Panthers again. Are they going to continue selling? The first one, DJ Moore. And you, by the way, for the audience, you are allowed to say that the best fit is staying with their current team. You're allowed to say that. So, guys, you're allowed to say if they're staying. All right? Best Um, fit for DJ Moore right off the rip. Don't have to explain it. Just tell me who. You can give me a a one-liner, but let's try to keep this short. Green Bay. Agreed. Agreed. Perfect fit. Arizona. Oh. Whole route tree, guys. Whole route tree. Green Bay would be perfect. Nick, you said Brandon Cooks to the the Bucks, and I agree with you. I I actually agree with you there because of the, you know, I don't think Brandon Cooks would fit better in Green Bay because they don't need just a deep threat. They need to do it all. Correct. Brandon Cooks, Mike. uh, I think he should go to Green Bay, but I think that Green Bay should go for DJ Moore and him. Because I don't think DJ Moore alone changes the dynamic. It helps it, but it doesn't change it, in my opinion. I think it would be enough to make them competitive. Like it helps them. Absolutely. It does because anything's an upgrade of what you have right now. DJ but, Moore is super underrated. But put those two on your outsides and you got something there. Fine. I'm I'm cool with it. Next up, all right. Next Panther, Brian Burns. No one knows this guy. Phenomenal edge rusher. He is top, the cream of the crop, but no one knows about him because he plays for the Panthers. 
Kansas City. Oh, man, that's tough, dude. Um, I'm going to go Miami. Oh. I'm going to oh. go Eagles, guys. I think he's the apple of Howie Roseman's eye. Young, under contract, and Derek Barnett's out for the year. It's just a no-brainer. He's got all that cap. Bro, they 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 rejected two first-round picks for him. I think it's cap. I think they're they're capping. Cap, that. Anybody offers you two two first-round picks for a linebacker, I'm taking that all day. That's but listen, like, you need a quarterback. So I would I would trade my linebacker for potential quarterback in the draft that right there my friend is the reason i think the eagles are logical because i actually think they would give up a first for him because they can and they know they have their quarterback now and this sure. is literally a howie guy edge rushers do not throw on trees all right sure Next, but two first round picks no way bro. no two no no to two but i would do it for one i would do it for one there's no way they got offered that and turn it down yeah no if chance. they did whoever that gm is needs to be fired tonight but remember Tucker. this, guys, Khalil Mack trade. Remember this. It's kind of set a precedent. They will pay yeah. for edge rushers. They will pay. Absolutely. Okay. Jerry Judy. Los Angeles Rams. So, Mike, I actually would have said this. If the Packers were going for two, the second guy for me would be Judy because they could get him at a much lesser price. Probably, yeah. Because Coach That's might want like a two. He's still under contract next year. Go ahead, Nick. Jerry Judy. The Giants. Oh, yeah, they need some help. The Giants, bro. They lost They lost Galladay. He's trash. They lost Tony. He hasn't been healthy. Their number one is Wandale Robinson, and he looks all right. And Darius Slayton as your third, and you bring in Jerry Judy, who's a burner, and can and can get the, the defense back while you have Saquon Barkley running wild. Perfect fit, bro. I like that a lot. Elijah Moore, guys, because even though he's he's activated again, you can never rule it out. He's a sour apple in, in the Big Apple right now. And, Nick, I'm going to say Giants for that one. Cross town. Send him cross town. Elijah Moore. Okay. He is tailor-made to be with Tampa Bay. He is. He is Tom Brady. He would be Tom Brady's favorite target on that team and probably have about 10 targets a game. Wes Welker. He's an underneath route runner, and he's a burner, dude. He is exactly what you were describing earlier. It took every ounce of self-control to not say that when you were talking about Brandon Cooks. Nick, uh, Mike, I actually, now that you just said that, I'm in total agreement it, it, it missed me for a minute because when Nick said Giants, I was just like, oh, okay. But the Bucs are perfect. Love the Bucs are it, – it's tailor-made. It. Love it. And that's out of conference too. Love it. Makes a lot more sense. Nick, Elijah Moore. I'm him. I, I like Green Bay in, in this spot. They need, a, they need a receiver like him. A burner, a guy who's, who, 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 can, who, can, who can go deep. Um, well, Got you. Yeah, that's crazy, fam. A guy, a guy, a guy who could do it all, man. Like I think he would change a lot for him moving forward. Uh, I, I mean, look, I, I don't know the impact that he would have right away, but like, you know, it, as the season grows, I think he he could be that player for them to help them get to the next level. Okay, now we're going to some running backs. Kareem Hunt. 
He was on the trade block in the offseason, potentially. So Kareem Hunt, guys, and actually it looks like, you know, it's possible. Paul's is saying Eagles. If you put Kareem Hunt on the Eagles, they're the best team in football. He's he would be he would be like the same exact way with Garrett Blunt. Well, listen, if you're gonna go and get Kareem Hunt as the Eagles, I mean, he's your long term guy, and he could be that guy. He's a, he's a do it all back. I would not hate it one bit. I just don't. I don't know. I think he'd be a good fit now. I think he'd be a good fit for the future. If you're telling me you could pick between him and Miles Sanders for the long-term contract, because they're both free agents, Kareem I'm taking Kareem Hunt. I'm not even hesitating in terms of football, obviously. I'm taking Mike Hunt. <laughs> Nick, Kareem Hunt. Uh, I'm going to go back to this team, uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bro. They need it bad right now. That's a pass catching back. They have to do it all back. That's what they need. I mean, look, and then they have Connor, who could be a bruiser. Um, and then Eno Benjamin can be the guy that can play the slot a little bit just to do end around plays because he's got that speed. But I think Kareem Hunt would be awesome in, in Arizona. I love that. I, I actually – I would, picks. I would call what? that – The picks. I don't think you're going to need too much to get him, though, Paul. I don't think really? you're going to need too much. I think it would be, be a great like, fit. A great fit. This is a running back we're talking about. It might be, it might be a conditional fifth-round pick. The president was set by James Robinson. I think he'll, he gets a round higher than Robinson. It could be a conditional five. It turns into a four. I'm going to say Hold this. On. Hold ahead. on. I just want to add one thing. Go ahead. The Kansas City Chiefs, too. I can Damn you. That's where I was going. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, no, bro. I didn't answer yet. I Oh, my, bad. my bad, bro. Yo, I because, swear to God, it was between them and them. And then I was yeah, like, well, all right. You literally just said my 1B. I'm saying 1A is the Chiefs. I said it in the offseason. Because why? We already have seen what he can do in that offense. You wouldn't have to teach him the playbook. It's just perfect. He, he could go in there and play this week. He could go in there and play this week and dominate. And let's rekindle the old flame, you know, Make it into a good story. Go out and do some community service too. That that would be the best fit because he's already been there and was elite there. And they actually could use him. They could use him. I love it. I love it. Cam Akers, guys. He's probably all but certain to move. So Cam Akers. And Mike, Carolina. you and I talked about this off record. Carolina. Everybody Carolina. goes there to die, I guess. Is that what you're leading yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because look, I'm <laughs> telling you, not nah, because Sean Payton, the Bake Show, and Cam Akers are coming in 2023. God bless you if that happens. That, that would be like <laughs> the highest payoff bet ever for, a, for a coach bet. It's insane. There's no way he's going there. But you'll win so much money if you bet on that. I'm him. I'm going to say this. Because I said it to you, Mike. I think the Falcons. Why? Because even if the Falcons don't make the playoffs this year, you have a former second-round pick in tow for the long term, and you hope he's a reclamation project. And he would pair perfectly with Cordero Patterson right now. So you could you could literally start him over Tyler Algier right now. 
Um, and yeah, like I said, he's under contract. It's perfect. So take a flyer. Go Falcons. And they love running the football. Go ahead, Nick. This is the perfect spot for Cam Akers. It's the Denver Broncos. It's the Denver Broncos. If everybody's off uh, Melvin Gordon and he fumbles all the time, then why don't you go get Cam Akers and see what he is? And if he's good, then great. You got to you got you to attain them next year with Javante and Akers. And if he doesn't work out, then who cares? You you, you have nothing to lose. But Nick. you get Javante Williams back next year, and if Akers doesn't work out – you take a flyer on him, and if it doesn't work out, you get rid of him, or you trade him in the offseason if he has value. Like, that's just – that's how I see it. So funny you said that because that was the second team I said the piles off record yesterday because of the reason where it's a former second-round pick and you could still try and make him a reclamation project next year. There's no urgency just because, uh, you know, it's this year. They could suck right now, and they could still fix this player for the long term. He had a lot of promise. The talent is there. It's just the health, bro. Yeah, and he probably came back too soon. Yeah. All right, we got a couple of bears here. There's three more players on the list, guys. I appreciate the patience. All right. When we go remote, we tend to go longer. Did you notice that? Yeah, but it's crazy. We're potting. Yeah, we yeah. are potting. This, this is, this is a, yeah. The bears, okay. David Montgomery is a free agent next year. David Montgomery. Best fit. And I don't even – I don't know off the top of my head because I don't think he's going to start anywhere again, to be honest. I mean, he might he might honestly be better off staying in Chicago with Herbert. They're not signing him. I'll promise you that right now. But you could say – I don't – honestly, I don't, have an, I don't have an answer for that because, like, I don't know I, – I don't know who off the top of my head. I don't. Here, I got Maybe one. I got Tampa one. Bay? Maybe Tampa Bay. Back up Leonard Fournette. But – yeah. And, I mean, we're talking about running backs. We haven't mentioned Tampa Bay, which is crazy. I actually like Cam Akers there, too. But I'll say this. Um, because he's different. Like, Fournette's a plotter, and he's inefficient. Yeah. Cam Akers could be a lot more than that, okay? David Montgomery to the Dolphins makes a ton of sense to me behind Raheem Mosher as a bruiser. And this is a guy who you could spell Raheem Mosher and still get solid enough production and keep him healthy because right now you need – Raheem Mostert for the long for the long run. He is legitimately the perfect fit in that offense, but he will he will tire out and will get hurt if he continues with this workload. They obviously don't trust Chase Edmonds, and there's no other player that profiles to be a bruiser, a guy that could be that late game closer. Give me Montgomery to the Dolphins. I think it's perfect, and he could catch too. So you have to do that in that offense. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a match made in heaven, bro. I like because that when, too. It, when it gets cold, and you got Dave Montgomery who runs pretty hard, and he he does he gets a lot of yards after contact. I saw it last night. He was you know players are bouncing off of him, and he's he's fucking he's still rolling and 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 going. So I think the Buffalo Bills would be a really good pickup for him. Um, just because their offense, you know, in the passing game is so lethal that if you got Montgomery running between the tackles, getting you five yards per carry, they're not going to punt. Nick, they're I really like. Punt. I really like that, Nick. The only reason I didn't go there is simple. I think James Cook 
is going to get an opportunity very soon. And Devin Singletary has been fine. He's he's pretty good. But I actually do believe they come off the bye and they try and get their second-round pick more involved because he's looked super explosive. They just haven't given him enough work. I think he's the answer, even though the Bills are, you know, certainly they could be in the running back market. They could be. But he is explosive. Right. They gotta give him a chance. Right. My answers, it. my answers was my answers is predicated on Montgomery being a free agent next year. And I don't think he's gonna command like uh a big price tag in terms of a draft pick. Six round pick at best. Maybe Correct. even a conditional seven. I'm not even kidding you. Correct, because because the Bears could either just keep them and not get anything for them, or they can get something in return. And and by the time you know that happens, they're already pigeonholed because they want to get a return on their investment. So obviously they're going to be willing to trade them. They're handcuffed to the deal. So if somebody's offering a six, I, I, I would take Montgomery for them. So how about this, guys? Roquan Smith, because he was rumored to be traded in the offseason. He's looking for big money. He is an absolute stud middle linebacker. They don't grow on trees. The Baltimore Ravens. I like it. Stay and put in Chicago. We got to keep the tradition going. Lance Briggs, fucking Erlacher, Dicka. Come on, bro. Like, yo, you got to keep the tradition alive. Guys, honest to God, fit wise, I would have said Packers, but it's never going to happen because it's inner division. Uh, and they're getting run run the hell on. So I'll just say this. Um, I'm going to say the Cardinals because this is an area where I think they actually might be willing to spend. And they already have great off-the-ball linebackers in terms of potential. And sometimes, they, I mean, Isaiah Simmons looks like he's developing a little bit. I think that they actually could pull this off. I think they tried to pull it off, too, with, like, Jordan Hicks. They tried to pull it off with Hassan Reddick. Um this could be their answer. I'll just say Cardinals because they give up a lot of yards, man. All right. Last and certainly not least, we have a tight end on the list. Mike Gesecki, still rumored to be on the block. The Dolphins are in the playoff hunt, and they're still willing to get rid of Mike Gesecki. He's not a fit in their type of offense. They need an inline tight end. So where is Mike Gesecki best fit? Home. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Can you translate that for me? I, I, yeah, I mean, he's like, not are, around are you here. saying he shouldn't suit up at all for anybody? He shouldn't suit up. He should go home. <laughs> wow. I feel Man, like that's like crazy because he, he's got pass catching chops. I'll, let me answer you. Let me answer you real quick. Go ahead, freak. There is no better fit. Than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sorry. They miss Gronk terribly. Terribly. This is, this is the answer in terms of the receiving option at tight end. He does not block. That's okay. He is perfect for Tom Brady and the Bucs. It's, it's too to be true. He's perfect. Nick, please tell me that you agree. Yeah, totally. He's perfect. Agree. He's got the skill set. Perfect. He's got the skill set, that, that man. That change everything. That he can move the chains, bro. That's what they need. They need somebody who can go across the middle and, and make those big hard catches. Balls. I would, I would <laughs> argue, Nick, that that move right there would eliminate the need for a wide receiver for them. I, I wow. would literally argue it because 
I don't Maybe. think they're going to be able to do both. I don't think they're going to be able to do both, and I think they desperately need a receiving option that has Gronk-ish traits. No shade to Kate Otten. Nice future ahead, looks like. He is perfect for that. Like, It's just too good to be true. I'm just, those things I've, never usually been, I've never been a Gesicki guy. Like, I feel like every year it's hyped up, it's hyped up, and then it just falls apart. Like, you got Pat Fryermuth putting on with Kenny Pickett and Matt and Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky. Why can't Gesicki put on? Why? They don't use him. They don't use him. Well, I mean, if you're Plain not using simple. somebody, it's probably because they're mid. It's just a scheme, I promise you. The guy is a, is a stud. As a, you know what he should be? He should be – I mean, he's he's literally a wide receiver. He's just a bulky wide receiver. He's actually like a slower Chase Claypool. That's what he is. And he's Chase Claypool is fucking cheeks. No, he's got nah, talent. I don't think so. He's I, got I, talent. I actually like Claypool. Actually, I didn't even put him on here. I'm going to ask you that right now. Chase Claypool. Home. <laughs> I think he's going to stay in Pittsburgh. Green Bay is all over him. So maybe he's that's another the one, other one. Maybe Green Bay gets. He's another one. I don't understand where this reputation came from. That he's some big game changer. Just well, he's had he's had really he's had good games in the past. I mean, look, he's got he's, talent. He's, yeah, he's got he's got he's got talent. I mean, and and his 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 physical you know uh, features is what makes him attractive um, in yeah, terms of though. in terms of uh, wide receiver too because he's a big body play. He can go up and get the ball, and he's shown he's he has he has shown some explosiveness to him. Um, you know, the past couple of years since he's been in the league, honestly. But and I just think, dead, I just think, you know, you attitude. yeah, I, I think mean, he's got a piss poor attitude, number one. And number two, every time they draft a wide receiver, they supplant him in the lineup. Deontay Johnson, AB, Juju. Like at some point, it's like, all right, bro, maybe you're just really not it. Well, maybe no, you're living with a weird reputation. It's because it, it's, it's, the Steelers look for the, the prototypical wide receivers. The Steelers look for is the Antonio Browns, the guys who are fast and can get open or twitchy. Like Claypool's a different kind of wide receiver. He's the kind of guy that can go deep and just take the top off just because of his size. He can go up and get the 50-50 balls if needed, and he's also and he he can also go across the middle. But for the Steelers, I mean, if you look at their history, like you know the Antoine Randall L's, that's not that's not a Claypool kind of like style. Uh, the ABs, that's not a that's not a Claypool style. The Heinz Wards, that's not a Claypool style. Um, I mean, who else am I missing? Uh, Mike Wallace. You know what I mean? Like those are the kind of guys that the Steelers always look for. That's why George Pickens is such a good like fit for the Steelers because he fits all those traits. Yeah. Claypool doesn't fit the bill with them, bro. I don't know, bro. He's a good player, though. It's the Steelers always produce wide receivers except for this dude. I actually wouldn't even hate him on the Patriots. And I also – I meant to say this. Brandon Cooks to the Ravens is so logical, too. But you can say a number of fits for these guys. We gave you right off the rip our, our best fits just without, you know, without thinking much. So, Quick question for you guys. Just, just, ra- just a rapid, like, fire thought. Are the Ravens being spiteful and and not getting uh, Lamar Jackson uh, another weapon because they want to see Ooh. if he's actually worth the money? Oh, I I I don't spiteful? think so. Nick. No, wow, that's spiteful? that's yeah. Of course it is, bro. 
dude, you, you want to set your guy up for success. You got to put weapons around him. If he's being judged, be if he's being judged by the playoff performances and not getting and not getting to the Super Bowl or or, or the championship game, then yeah, like that, that then that has to be that has to be uh, included in the, in the conversation. Can I say that I will keep an eye on it though? I'm not saying you're a far off here. I will keep an eye on that. I think they'll be aggressive this week though, given that Bateman has been playing hurt. He can play. He's shown us he can play, but sure. he's not been healthy. So I. I think that they're going to be aggressive this week. Um, if they aren't, and if they proceed this way, I, I will maybe question that a little bit. Um, but I, I don't think that front office, like traditionally that front office and staff, I don't think that that's something that they would do. I think they're trying to win at all costs. Maybe, but my, but I you only you have a point. You have a point. And you I question it too because it's like, bro, like they traded away Marquise Brown and didn't replace him. Like you didn't replace him, bro. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, you gotta if you're gonna get rid of a player like that, you gotta be able to at least replace him with two wide receivers. And yeah, that, they might not be his talent, but at least you spread the wealth around and make your offense a little bit better in his absence. That right there, Nick, is why I revised my answer with Brandon Cooks because that is literally the same exact player, except they might be able to get him cheaper and signed only one year, whereas Hollywood needed a long-term deal. True. So, actually, Brandon Cooks would be perfect for the Ravens. Uh, but that's all we got, guys. We have we have a long but deep show. Pause. That was I fire. Did that, on purpose. that was a fucking fire-ass episode. And if you watch for two hours, man, you got yourself a treat. Because we were that, – them boys were oh, hot in the night, bro. There you go. Straight up, straight fire. This is what the so, fuck we bring to the table, man. So, that, that is – this is what P&I does, man. We're working – we're talking about topics that are time sensitive right here, and that's why you gotta talk about them. Because I could go an hour on this beat. If we didn't talk about the trades, and someone gets traded tonight, that looks pretty bad, right? There's no other time to do it. You oh, can't wait for Thursday, fam. He you moving different. <laughs> but anyway, guys, let's let's. Get out of here for the night, okay? Episode 116 of PI Power by Playmaker is brought to you by Prize Picks. Daily fantasy made easy. Also, we were live at the Props Network at PropsHQ.com where you need to go and subscribe if you haven't already. You are missing incredible football coverage like tonight. You are missing out. Okay, go over there now, PropsHQ.com. What are we wearing usually? Fantastic fucking. I got to do I'm the wear it on Thursday. I'm going to wear it on Thursday. So everybody who's in the chat right now, come back Thursday, and I'll show you my fantastic fabric. And you gotta do, I got to do the wash. I wear it too often. All right, fantastic fabric, courtesy of IPP Pressworks, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And last but not least, next show, Thursday, 8 p.m., week eight game picks. We are almost at midseason. Unbelievable. Thank you so much for tonight, everybody. Nick Theories, do your thing, baby. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. It was an incredible show. We appreciate all the love, support, and especially the comments. The comments today were fire. If you guys haven't done so already, please don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell on YouTube. 
We are also available on PropsHQ.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, Megaphone, Stitcher. And all that other soil. <laughs> also, <laughs> follow us on all of our socials. You do not want to miss our daily content on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. And we will see you guys this Thursday at P&I, baby.